Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Wednesday hump day. We're halfway there to Super Bowl 55 here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Another big show that we've got planned for you today. If you missed Brett Veach from yesterday, he was supposed to be 4.15, ended up not joining us till very late in the show. We went over so we can get him squeezed in. So I realize a lot of people probably didn't get a chance to hear that, either any of it or most of it. So we're going to replay it today at 4.06. And lots of really good stuff in there. And, and at the end, Steve asked him, of course, about Mount Carmel. And you can just tell how much this area still means to him all these years in the very quick success he's had as the Chiefs GM. I thought that was really cool to see. And he also gave some pretty nice insides as to what led the Chiefs to trading up in 2017 to drafting Patrick Mahomes and their entire roster construction and all that was really nicely broken down by him. So he gave us a really nice inside track and gave us a a nice uh, quality time for a few minutes out of his busy schedule that's been this week, of course, with his team getting ready for the Super Bowl. And things, of course, different for his team this year. Everything was pretty much done virtually with Super Bowl Media Day and all the other media obligations both teams have to do, the Chiefs and Bucks. And then the Chiefs don't fly down till Friday. Obviously, the Bucks are ready in Tampa. So it's definitely a different vibe this year, but we obviously benefited from that locally and being able to get Brent on the show yesterday. So we really look, really enjoy enjoyed that yesterday and look, looking forward to replaying it today. And again, we really thank Brett's time and the Chiefs for helping us organize that. So again, that'll be at 4.06 today. And also, too, we got the professor, John Clayton, at 4.35 today. So loaded, lots more NFL, lots more Super Bowl previews and stuff to get to today on this show. And then, of course, there's also the first day of the national signing period for the class of 2021 in football. A couple of interesting notes out of there. Seems like Alabama's done well again. But I was just listening to the to Dan Patrick earlier here on WKOK, and it sounds like this might be the best ever for Alabama. I didn't think they can get much better, but apparently they did. And a top prospect is holding out right now. 
which is going to keep teams on or keep schools kind of on their heels a little bit. Last time we heard from Penn State's perspective, kind of right there in the middle, we've heard that it's, it's there's not a lot of big names, but a lot of good quality players that we've heard from, from all the various writers that we've had on the show. So we'll see if we can get an update on where Penn State lies with that today with the first day of the uh, National Signing Day period for the class of 2021. I want to hear from you, too, on that. Brett Veach, especially anybody listening to Mount Carmel today, if any stories that you want to share about Brett Veach or just wishing good luck, whatever, you can call us, too. Super Bowl predictions, not too early for them. You can call us, too. 1-800-795-9565. And then Penn State last night. Men's hoops. Not a bad first half. Looked like they were going to get the momentum going into halftime when they get the layup, I think, by Seth Lundy, I think that was. And then all of a sudden, Wisconsin comes back the other way, gets the three. They carry that momentum to a 19-4 second half run. And Wisconsin kind of pulls away. Not surprising, but it's still we know it's a team that Penn State can beat, and we've said before they need to keep winning those 50-50 games. But playing an opponent back-to-back like that, this time you're on the road, tough spot for Penn State. But in the, a little bit of the conversation that Steve and I were getting into yesterday in terms of where they stand with the with bracketology right now, if they can string some of these wins together, make some noise in the Big Ten tournament, and somehow sneak in, I think they can be a dangerous team. Because I, I definitely do believe, while I don't think they're a great team still, I, I I like the way they scrap their way defensively. I like how they first force turnovers to get the run going, the transition game going. So there's a lot of things that I do like about about Penn State. I'm just not sure they're a great team yet or if they will be this year, but the, you can definitely tell, and I just know this from watching Bucknell, the men's side of things at least. Once you start, it, it, what, it makes a, what a difference it makes to finally get some games together where you we have a lot of different new faces. Either when you have a lot of different new faces or if you're just trying to get playing, just trying to get a consistent schedule in general like Penn State hasn't had. As Steve said, they've only played two. They only played two games in the first couple weeks of the season. Then they had the COVID uh, issue, and now they're finally getting a string of games together, and they're starting to get their groove. So you can definitely see that. But it's going to be interesting to keep watching Penn State down the stretch. I believe Illinois is coming up on uh, Friday night. So we'll get Steve going here once we take a quick break and. We'll be right back here on the Steve Jones Show, brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. Got a lot going on on today's show. We're gonna, for those of you who missed our interview with Brett Feach yesterday, because it did run past the end of the show yesterday, we'll uh, re-air that for you at 4:06 today, and also we'll have on the. Uh, show today. Ryan Snyder on recruiting. Penn State signed one today. Devon Townley, a defensive end. Four-star from the Minneapolis area. 
We'll talk to him about that, but also on the transfer part as well. Uh, the first person I ever heard of that used the transfer portal was the suit, and it worked out great for us. All right, so um, what? Uh, sorry. Uh, so, so Ed from Cole Township is joining us. Hello, Ed. How are you? It's wonderful to have you with us. Steve, how are you today? I'm doing well, Ed. It's great. Oh, so what about you? Uh, fully recovered. I actually ventured to Lewisburg earlier this afternoon. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the roads couldn't have been that bad. I know that yesterday when the show was over, of course, I had to go do a game. And you know, I'm, I'm going over, and it's snowing to beat the band, and the roads were really snow-covered after not being so during the day. And Dick Girardi experienced the same thing. I mean, it just wouldn't stop. <laughs> I, I understand. I totally understand. But uh, I'm calling... Uh, I was a play-by-play broadcaster back when Brett was in high school, and I can't wait for his interview to come up and stuff like that. But I I remember from that time, I I was a lot like what you would do. I would show up at practice. I would watch, you know, and see the way different uh, players carried themselves. And I remember in a big game, uh, it was the Eastern Final in 19... uh, 96, I believe, or maybe not, I think it was actually 94. Uh, I, I'm getting my years mixed up, but they had a big game uh, with Bishop McDevitt out of Harrisburg. And uh, McDevitt was a previous title winner uh, the year before. They had a lot of Division One talent. And, you know, you just watch a guy like that walk around practice. Well, not really walk, but he got a lot of that from uh, his father and uh, his family. His dad was a coach, coached him in high school. And he kind of looked and acted almost like a professional athlete in a high school uniform. Well, it's interesting you say that because you know who they say that about right now? It's Patrick Mahomes. Because he grew really? up around his dad, Pat who pitched in the major leagues for for a dozen years, most of it with the Minnesota Twins. And young Patrick was around major league clubhouses, around major league players, you know, around professionals. And they say that's a big reason why he carries himself the way he does today. And it sounds like Brett had a similar experience, just in a different realm. Right. And uh, I, I remember his recruiting process back in that time uh, and it came down to I think a decision to go to Delaware or Villanova and he chose Delaware in the end with uh, obviously great results Um, but I just um, back to that McDevitt game there was a play where he uh, lined up in a slot first time all year and I'm saying this is the Eastern Finals and I've never seen this play and he ran a square out and up uh, a few seconds later six points were on the board with a touchdown first time they ran it all season and I don't think uh, you could probably get another player to do the same thing he did to trust that and trust his coach Whitey Williams at the time 
Well, I think you just brought up the big word because when um, I talk with Brett, that's what I brought up about re-signing, for example. Look, it's a high profile with Mahomes. Travis Kelsey's high profile. Tariq Hill, Chris Jones. But your roster is not all of those guys. And so as the season goes, you have to make an addition here because there's subtraction there. And they re-added Stefan Wisniewski. And that's, you know, and part of that is because they know him and trust him. That's why they signed him because there was a trust factor. So that trust factor you're talking about translates now into a management position for him because he understands the value of trust. And then, uh, you know, when you think back to that time and uh, a little bit forward now, too, uh, one thing I do notice, like, uh, there's been some people that actually go out to Kansas City from the area. They actually might not be Chief fans in general, but if there's Eagle fans, Steeler fans, uh, Raven fans, he takes care of them, you know. Um, take time out to make sure they get a tour, get a look at Arrowhead Stadium. And I noticed that with a lot of people. And it's just not with, uh, you know, Chief fans in general, but he still has a lot of respect for the area. And oh. there was an article I read yeah. on Twitter today, I believe written by a Joe Clark. And Clark goes into an interview where our, our talk to Veach, where Brett uh, describes going to a Berwick-Williamsport game when he was eight years old and saw Gary Brown for the first time. Sure. And yeah. that had a, a huge impact on him, too. Yeah, I know when... Williamsport played State College. Uh, I, I know who the announcer was for that game <laughs> when Gary <laughs> Brown played. <laughs> yeah, uh, there weren't too many uh, like Gary Brown in the you know in that eighties no. time. Uh, no. <laughs> just simply phenomenal. And Gary's done a great job with his guy, though. You know, Gary struggled physically with a few things of late, but Gary's done a great job in his career coaching in the NFL for many, many years. Yeah, I'm not sure if uh, if the Cowboys kept him on or what did he do this past season. Again, that's another conversation I never sure. followed up on. That. Right, sure. But, uh, again, as far as representing the area, probably, you know, Veach stands out among his peers. Yeah. Uh, for you uh, in broadcasting Mount Carmel, what was your favorite game? Uh, I would say it had to be the McDevitt game. Right, okay. I, I think it was a battle against regions and, you know, Harrisburg versus the coal region. Uh, and just some of the players that were involved in that. The the other thing that uh, brought to mind was, you know, the state playoffs were still kind of in its infancy or, sure. you know, going through growing pain uh, a long time before they went through six classes. So you could kind of get double-A uh, teams uh, dress, you know, quad-A teams dress as double-A teams, you know, and that's what sure. it, it to, to the perspective around here, it seemed like, you know, Harrisburg had that advantage to do that. Right. Well, it's, uh, I'm sure for you on a Friday night broadcasting games in an area where the passion for Mount Carmel is so deep, 
I have it always has to be a lot of fun for you to be in an atmosphere like that to broadcast games. Yeah, it's it sort of uh, the last decade has been a little bit tough, and I, I've been out of it now for uh, roughly right. five years. Uh, I did right. it for about twenty. And uh, one of the things that, you, that Mount Carmel will always have is they still have the people that show up to the game that don't have either a uh, child or grandchild involved. Right. And it, it, yes. They still have people from the class of, you know, 60s, 70s, and 80s show up on Football Friday, and some of them will drive an hour from the Harrisburgs, the Allentowns, the Wilkes-Barre's, yeah. you know, and it's, it's quite an event. Ed, an absolute pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you so much for calling. I really appreciate it. Love your show, Steve. Thank you, Ed. That means a lot to me. All right. We get to the bottom of the hour. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. By the way, Holly Rowe is going to join us on the show Friday. Looking forward to that. Uh, up next half hour, Ryan Snyder, Rivals.com, Blue White Illustrated on National Signing Day today, part two. As we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. You want a new vehicle? They have the product lines. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great new product lines. Great pre-owned inventory, backed up by the Sunbury Motors Guarantee. Fabulous sales staff that works with you. And also an outstanding service department that makes the investment pay off for you. They can take care of the major, and they do a fabulous job of just taking care of the routine for the life of your vehicle. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Today was the... News Radio 1070 WK. Today was the late signing period for college football. The early signing period was back on December the 16th, which really has become the signing day. But this is still an important day. There are people that are sitting there and saying, okay, I'm going to make my decision later. I'd rather wait. Well, Penn State got one of them today, Devon Townley, a defensive end out of Minnesota. And with that, we bring in Ryan Snyder, Blue-Eyed Illustrated, Rivals.com. Ryan, welcome. Great to have you back with us. Not as cool as the GM of the Chiefs, but it's a big day nonetheless. I'll take I'll take the opportunity to speak with you guys. Yeah, well, I, we appreciate the fact that you would <laughs> give us a few moments. Uh, okay, so you know they get one guy today, but it's uh, Devon Townley. They stuck with him the entire time. They were in constant communication with him. What kind of what kind of difference did that make? Mm-hmm. 
Well, Devon, let's say communication is not his uh, strong suit when it comes to just consistency and opening up. Not that he's you know not a good communicator or anything, but just it's he's just not a an open kind of guy. So you know, from what I understand, Penn State's been on him pretty hard since the summer. Or so and then it dropped off a little bit um, as we got closer to the early signing period, and it, and it really felt like. He wasn't going to end up at Penn State. Uh, We all were thinking it was going to be Arizona State. And from what I understand, Arizona State, I think they just went in a different direction as far as taking um, a different position player. And it really kind of changed Townley's recruitment altogether. Uh, And that's really where Franklin's style of, you know, not not just one coach, not just two, but three or four, you know, communicating at different times really came into came into play here because because this would be J- john scott tim banks i mean they were they were part of it right correct yeah i mean pry everybody i mean the, yeah. Dion barnes don't forget his, yeah, his um that's right. contributions uh but but just long story short i mean it, it, it when it when we got to the early period it, it, it looked like this wasn't going to happen but you know they just kept chipping away and you know once they knew that arizona state was going in a different direction and they had those established relationships um it, it really just it, it worked out perfect for Penn State. Now Washington did come into play late, and they did give Penn State a bit of a run. But uh, in the end, you know, we're talking about established relationships for a six-month period versus you know a couple of weeks with Washington. I think that proved to be the difference. It's interesting about him is he, he's always played basketball and loved playing basketball. He didn't get into football until he was in, in high school. What what got him in that direction, and uh, how much does the basketball part help him as a football player, especially mm-hmm. at that end spot? Basketball is the reason he has a Penn State scholarship offer. It really is. Uh, this is something we've been able to talk about um, just with sources and whatnot. But uh, you know, his 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 basketball film and just you know watching him jump through the roof at, at six six two hundred fifty pounds is what really you know grabbed Penn State's attention. Um, as far as his, his football playing career, it, it really just came down to friends, you know, kind of pressure him to play and you know, <laughs> coaches wanting him to play. That's really what it came down to. I mean, he, he was always interested, but basketball was his first love. Now, this was 2019 season. Uh, he didn't even get to play this year. So he's only really played one true season right. of football. Um, but, yeah, it just, it just came down to giving the sport a try one year. And, you know, at that size at, at the high school level, you're going you're gonna to play well, even if you don't know your fundamentals that well. Uh, and then, you know, as, as the season went on, he just started picking little things up, you know, refining different skills. And, and that's when, when teams really started to take notice. But it really, just from what I understand, I've done three interviews with him, and both of them were kind of back um, earlier in the year. Uh, just, just He would always just go back to his friends, you know, kind of peer pressuring him to, to come play with him for a season. All right, so this is another four-star, and this goes back to the original conversation we had uh, back in, uh, I would, back in December. December, obviously about this. That the average star ranking this fits in r- pretty much with the average star ranking that Penn State's been getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just depends on the different sites, but for the most part, it's it's pretty much fifty fifty between four stars and three stars. Um, I believe Rivals is seven four stars, nine three stars, yep. two forty seven. I think is. Uh, eight and eight, pretty much. So it's it's pretty even between the two, uh, and and really, you know, if you look at all the rankings and 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 whatnot. Uh, Penn State will be lower this year because they only have sixteen guys. And mm-hmm. I've I've been on this tour. I feel like explaining how the rankings work this year more than ever. Yeah. Uh, and just long story short, if you don't get to that twenty threshold, 
which is you know kind of the minimum. Every every class is top 20 players are counted so if you don't if you don't get to that part you're just going to have a less a lesser point total uh and and that means you know there's reasons to look at other metrics uh one thing i'm really looking at this year is average star ranking yes and another thing is average points per player uh right now penn state's average star ranking is 15th and their average points per player at least as of an hour ago was 16th Right. And that's pretty much right on par with what we've always seen. That's right. um, another great example here of just kind of how this fluctuates is Notre Dame. You know, Notre Dame right now, if you look in rivals rankings, I believe is 10th. But their average, their average points per player is down at 88 points, which is like 21st. So, you know, because Notre Dame was able to sign 27 players this right. year, you know, they're going to be up there because they have so many points accumulated and their top 20 players are pretty good. But overall, if you look at the entire class, they're signing less quality players than, than what Penn State's 13 are. So it just, you know, it all depends on how you want to right. look at it, um, especially in the year of the transfer uh, portal. Uh, this, I mean, Franklin's made it very clear, and so many other schools have too, uh, that, you know, they, they could have signed, you know, 19 or 20 maybe, but they needed to hold a few back uh, for transfers. And now I think as we move forward and this portal continues to grow, these kind of rankings are going to need to refine a little bit because more and more schools are going to hold scholarships, which means more and more schools probably are going to have, you know, 19, 20 instead of 25 maybe, and you're going to see kind of the rankings are going to need shuffled a little bit. So it's something we're talking about arrivals, maybe kind of making some sort of an algorithm where you take average points and average stars and, and put it all together into some sort of formula. And then obviously if we could – get transfers in there and get them ranked, that would be great too, but right. that's uh, it's hard something to do. for down yeah. the road. That's for down the road because, um, for example, the average star ranking of the Notre Dame class at 10 is 344. The average star mm-hmm. ranking for Penn State is, oh, by the way, 344. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so I mean, that's just to give everybody perspective on where each happens to be at this time. How much time uh, you do such an incredible job because, I mean, this is something I could never do. You do such an incredible job of tracking so many people to then get it to the point where people can trust what you tell them. How much time are you spending on the transfer part of it versus the high school part of it? I'm talking, uh, about, I'm well, talking about you personally. Yeah, I mean, for those couple of weeks, I, I, I didn't do much high school at all. You know, when it was really, yeah. once the Love It news came out and, you know, we knew – uh, is it Ebikiti, I believe. I'm still got to learn how to pronounce that name. <laughs> what, Ebikiti? Ebikiti. Okay. I think that's what I said. I'll take it. Um, but anyway, once, once we knew the, you know, the ball was moving there and John Dixon, you know, that, that was really my focus. And it really comes back to, you know, calling up the old high school coach. For example, you know, right. Angela was at a school, the Bullis school that I know well. Uh, John Dixon was a former recruit for Penn State, so yeah. I have their information. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it just kind of comes back to that and, and working sources. Um, some some of the transfers love it. You know, uh, Derek Tangelo was great. You know, we did a, we did a long interview with him. Uh, and Abikiti, too. We did, we did an interview with him where someone like John Dixon, you know, never communicated with anybody. <laughs> love it was a, a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, we, we could message with Love it, but I, I still haven't talked to John, which is funny because, when John was a high school player, he was great. And he's and don't get me wrong, he, I'm sure he's great with the media and everything. You know, he just he just wanted nothing to do with it, which is fine. You know, I, I understand when you right. when you go through that process as a junior and a senior, the last thing you want to do is do it again as a as a high school sophomore. So or excuse me, a college sophomore. But but yeah, it's just you know, for those couple of weeks it, it really was everyone's focus and, and it's still kind of a, a balancing act. I mean the the good thing is that 
when what the other 48 weeks or so out of the year when high school's pretty much your primary focus uh if you build those strong relationships anything that drops the news just kind of comes to you and you don't got to find it so that's that's the fortunate part for those couple weeks but it's all learning experience i, I think for franklin and them more than me but uh, it'll still take me some time to figure it out too and they're still in the process in the transfer portal, and I think we, you know, I, I can't talk about it really, but I'm not allowed to. But look, everybody pretty much knows there's a primary target out there I think they would like to go after. And it doesn't mean they can't find somebody after spring practice is over with because there's always a lot of movement at that time too. Mm-hmm. Well, linebacker Mike Jones is kind of the, the top guy, at least I'm focused on, former Clemson player who uh, – from what I understand, he's got plenty of opportunities right now. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, the quarterback portal is interesting. Um, I'm not exactly sure where that's going to end right now. Uh, but, you know, with just three guys, uh, that seems to be much more in play. Uh, Luke McCaffrey, obviously, even Nebraska, I think is someone to maybe keep an eye on, but still kind of trying to get a, get a feel for that. But Mike Jones, the linebacker from Clemson, I feel like he's definitely got to key in on the, the issue um, it's just there's so many schools after him. So how long does he wait? You know, if he has if he's not going to be in, in in class for this semester, uh, you know, he he has all the time in the world to figure it out. Uh, so that that'll be interesting. Uh, last time I checked, you know, from from what people were saying, at least he has at least a dozen schools after him. And um, you know, I think I had one one Penn State contact say he's at least one of the top ten guys that's been in the portal all year. So there's a lot of interest there. Um, but make no mistake, I mean, quarterback and and linebacker are now two spots to really focus in on and and at quarterback you know that that's going to open up again after spring practice you know we we see it every year a couple guys want to be the starter it's not guaranteed you know tommy stevens for example a couple years ago um you know they 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 decide to move on then so that 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 could be a a position to watch maybe a little more later in the year but right now i think linebackers a spot they'd really like to get figured out and they'd they'd add a defensive end too i think if, if the guy fell into their lap but um, as of right now, it's kind of tough to see uh, that happen. Oh, believe me, as somebody who starts doing his chart work in the spring to make life in the fall and spring <laughs> easier, I can tell you that there's more movement in May, June, July, and August yeah. in football and basketball than people realize. Okay, where'd that guy come from? Okay. <laughs> he went there. And... Yeah, I believe it, man. We're, I'm trying to focus on it now more than ever. Wasn't so, there in it. March? <laughs> That's interesting. All right, so picked him up. It's always like the. There's, I'll give you one quick one in basketball. I will not mention the player's name. Right, high-profile guy. This is years ago. Called up the coach. Right. And said, hey, I'll be there tomorrow. And the coach looked around and said, we weren't even recruiting him. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> it yeah. happens. He was a one and done. He went to the NBA after that. All right. <laughs> Ryan, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. And really, good luck uh, as uh, the day goes along. You're probably very skilled now at the babysitting part. <laughs> Things are slowing down a little bit. Uh, Townley committed to 10. It was a little hectic, but... We got a nap in now, and uh, hopefully we get some work done. Thanks. Uh, the kids are you. Yeah, well, I'd love to, but that's, that's <laughs> Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> okay, thanks so much. See you, Frank. See you, guys. This is Ryan Snyder, BlueWhiteIllustratedRivals.com. It's a true story. I'm not going to tell you the coach, the school, or the player, but it was the day before classes were going, going to begin at the school in August. This is years ago. And at one point, they had been recruiting the guy, but at this point, it's off the radar. 
And the day before classes begin at this school, he gets a call saying, I'll be there tomorrow. Hang up the phone. He says, we haven't recruited him in months. (laughs) He's showing up. Now that's how you recruit. And as I said, he was a one and done. He went to the NBA after the one season there. All right. We will take a break. Brett Feach next half hour. John Clayton final half hour. Great to have you with us. Holly Rowe coming up on Friday from ESPN. As we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Having your own radio show. What the heck? Get to work with Matt. Get to talk him off the ledge. A lot of versatility in this job. You're <laughs> you're part sportscaster. Have to be part psychologist. Sports and psychology we, is such a different animal. And then you know when it, and then also at the same time you have to be part negotiator. <laughs> And you have to be part insurance salesman because you're working around the suit and insurance is necessary. Yeah, it's tricky. You also have to understand who it's all about. I get it. It's all about the corner office. Yes. If you don't get that, you cannot survive in this business. <laughs> And the key is, I understand it, and I also have the ability to thoroughly and completely ignore it. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, fine, yeah, okay, I got it. <laughs> Here, we'll just try it our way to see how it goes. All right, <laughs> All right great to have you with us. Brett Feach on the show next half hour. Thanks to Ryan Snyder. Final half hour, the Professor John Clayton will join us. It is Super Bowl week. It's also Hall of Fame week, too. Uh, I think I feel pretty good that Peyton Manning's going to make it. Yeah, I think there's a good chance. And uh, just a hunch. Buck, and then Bucknell is uh, going to circle for a while, huh? Yeah, we just got word that the both teams, men and women, are done for two weeks after a positive test result within both programs. Oh boy. Or among both programs, I should say. So, right. Uh, the whole thing is—it's tricky. I got it. 
But, like, you take the Michigan situation. Michigan has not had any positives in the basketball program, yet the Department of Health there shut the entire university down for two weeks, you know, the athletic department for two weeks. Then you look at Nebraska. Nebraska's back, and they're going to play Michigan State, I believe, this weekend. And then Penn State has them here on Valentine's Day on that Sunday. Fred Hoiberg got it, and he got it pretty good, uh, unfortunately. I mean, he got hit hard with it. And the irony is, is last year out of the Big Ten tournament, Nebraska played Indiana on what turned out to be the last night of the season. And Penn State was going to play the winner of that game, so obviously there was an interest. Well, Hoiberg got sick on the bench in that game, and it turned out it was influenza B, I think. But you, know, you wonder how susceptible he is, I because I, obviously I don't know him. I've only been around him a couple times. I don't know him at all. But I remember that happening last year, and then, of course, this year, uh, you know, Nebraska had to shut down, and he said, look, he said it got to the point where I was scared. He said, with everything I've had in my past with two open-heart surgeries and being fully dependent on a pacemaker, it concerned me, and I did have chest pains. That was the scary part. Because uh, he, uh, he was born with an abnormal aortic valve, and he had surgeries in 2005 and 2015. Uh, you know, one of them ended up meaning the end of his NBA career. So he says he's undergone a battery of heart tests since recovering from the virus and that everything has looked normal. Uh, they paused their activities back in the 11th. They're back now. They're scheduled to play at Michigan State Saturday. So it's going to be their first game in 26 days said he began experiencing himself symptoms back on the 15th of January. He kept waking up in the middle of the night. He had chills, bad headaches, sore throat, body aches. They took some ibuprofen. Said he felt pretty good the next day. Thought it might be just a 24-hour bug, which he'd had before, which goes back to him being hospitalized in Indianapolis. He was out of the hospital the next day, but it was an overnight thing. He took the COVID-19 antigen test and it was positive. The PCR test then said it was positive as well. Now, he never got to the hospital because his oxygen level remained normal and his fever never went over one-on-one, but he still lost 10 pounds and he still doesn't have his sense of smell back. He says the Huskers are going to try and make up all five of their postseason game, uh, their postponed games. One of them is Penn State. Now that's the game that's out there. That's why I'm wondering when Penn State goes out to Iowa. I wonder if they're going to make them play a game in Nebraska too. Just wondering. And Florida State, uh, their next three games postponed. Boston College, Pitt, and Virginia Tech, because they are on pause like Bucknell is. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK.